for me, all art is subversive in some way. Um, and that means that it cannot possibly uh, abide by the, the sort of the rules of politeness and decorum that many mainstream movies thrive on. I mean, most mainstream movies are very, are comfort. It's a cinema of comfort. It's meant to make you feel good and, and feel cozy. Even if it's a, got some scary moments in it, uh, everything resolves okay, and it's really just there to, to reinforce the status quo and get you out of your own life a little bit for a few minutes. To me, that's not what art does. Art is reflective. It really forces you to reflect on yourself, on your situation, good or bad, uh, make you think about things like what, you know, what is human existence? What is the human condition really about? And, and, and so on and so on. Real art must be subversive of the status quo. That does upset a lot of people. And um, to me, that's then it's an inevitable consequence of being a serious artist. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 What's up? Follow us on Instagram at SpeakAllEvilPod, and please rate and review. If you like the show, we would really appreciate the rating and the review. If you send us a screen cap of the review, you can send it right to our Instagram. We will send you a Speak All Evil t-shirt. We're getting low on Whoa. maybe some sizes, but we still have enough t-shirts to, I think, probably honor most of those deals, uh, if you send that over to our Instagram, at SpeakAllEvilPod, we will send you a shirt. I have to start this week's episode with an apology. <sighs> we, uh, Mitch, I'm sorry, our friend Mitch Bushnow had recommended a double feature. We talked about The Incredible Melting Man and The Stuff a while back, and Mitch had um, put together a double feature of... Night of the Creeps from 1986 and The Blob from 1988, the remake. And we, uh, we watched that double feature. We loved the double feature and we did an episode mm -hmm. on those films. And that episode is lost forever, oh. unfortunately. Yeah. You'll never get to hear. I had some good jokes. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of good jokes. There, I mean, it was the blob. I mean, yeah, I felt like people were pretty. Does anybody, if you guys want to redo any of your jokes from that week, if you remember them at any time, I guess at any time this week, you could just throw those out there. We loved the, especially, I think everybody was surprised at how well the blob remake from 88 holds up for oh. being as old as it is. Uh, it's really great. It's on Criterion right now. The original blob is also on Criterion from 58, I think. I would recommend watching the 88 and then watching the 58. And Night of the Creeps was VOD, I believe. Um, but we really enjoyed both of those. Thanks for the recommendation, Mitch. Can Sorry. We focus less on the movies. Yeah. And maybe a little bit more on what you actually did. Your kind of misstep. <laughs> you kind of like talk fast right over that part. Uh, so. <laughs> Trent deleted. No, no, no. We don't. We were we, planning he, a vacation. I, I Christmas bonuses Dave, are all. We kids. don't need <laughs> Trent to task. Okay. I deleted the episode. Okay. We did the episode. It was a great time. We had a lot of fun. We haven't even been in here at, at the studio since then because we had all these guest episodes. We've been working remotely and stuff because we have to when we do that kind of thing. Uh, and I just, I just deleted it by accident. I was cleaning stuff out. If you really want to know the details. 
But I, I mean, sexy details. I would like to point out our, our show is on a tremendous run right now of getting legitimate people from the horror world into our show, and they're talking yeah. to us. We're having fantastic conversations. So, we are. Trent, we've all we've all fucked up in the past. Every single one of us uh, has lost files. Well, Dave, you know what? you're the last let's, person. Let's check the <laughs> <laughs> last person that if we should wanna, talk if about. We, no, let's talk issues. about the records. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I deleted a lot of episodes. Let's talk so about. Like, but let's I, talk exactly. about the records. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of episodes in re- in retrospect. The thing. Uh, either way, either way, it. either way, yes. we are coming up on what three years of doing this coming podcast? Up, well, a couple more months. Yeah, wow. but we're wow. we're very close. Close so to three years. Yep. We lost an episode. Not a big deal. But you know what? We're all here together now. <laughs> and that means something, guys. It's like we talked about horror movies for nothing. I know. <laughs> it's like, like we, we're not I, doing I, this for I, a bunch of money. Either. It's like we all got together and like had fun together for nothing. Gross. <laughs> yeah, There's exactly. no I wish I hadn't even done it. Oh, take so that pissed. back. Yes. Talk, Trent, to, you, talk Trent, to you guys. Ab- I don't even ab- Absolve yourself of all. Guilty feelings right now. And let's just move forward. Let's move forward. It's the spirit of Christmas. Yes. Merry Chrysler. Oh, oh, oh Trent's is. tiny Tim this week. It is the spirit. <gasps> oh, you're tiny Tim. <laughs> I, um, oh. Uh, well, I do have a, a, a bit of a Christmas pick. We'll get we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of sick right now, too. We should I want to put that out there because you're gonna notice. I'm fine. Well, Dave and I are sick. You'll be okay. sick after this is over. <laughs> you're sick in a way that People don't know they're sick. <sighs> I think the listeners know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thing about Night of the Creeps, though, is that that's what inspired my picks this week, because I couldn't help but think of all the tributes, and that movie is rife with horror movie tributes. The whole thing is kind of about tributes, and it's, it's kind of set up like a, a 50s monster movie, but there are a lot more contemporary references in it. And one thing that I couldn't help but think about watching Night of the Creeps was the 1975 David Cronenberg film Shivers aka They Came From Within aka The Parasite Murders Mm -hmm. aka Orgy of the Parasites which is the best of of the names I think Orgy of the Parasites I think that was the original title just think if that is the title that you're bringing in this week yeah Orgy of the Parasites (laughs) Uh, it was released in the States, I believe, as they came from within, but now it's just mostly commonly known as Shivers, written and directed by Cronenberg. This is uh, on Tubi for free right now, or VOD. This is the story of Starliner Apartments, uh, where day-to-day living becomes a luxury cruise. It's a really upscale new apartment building on an island on the St. Lawrence River right outside of uh, Montreal. And the film opens with a with a voiceover pitch for Starliner. It's a very, I think, a very Cronenberg name, and it's uh, all these pictures of the the facilities and this this gentle uh, voice is telling you how great it all is, telling you about the golf course, the tennis courts, the underground parking, the on-site medical facilities. You'll scarcely have to leave Starliner once you're in, and uh, what you find out, of course, is that things at Starliner. Are not all that they seem. Everything, of course, goes downhill from there. We can get into the story. I love this movie. I love 70s horror. We've been talking, you know, in between our guests that we've been talking to, we had been in the 80s quite a bit lately. Talked about a lot of 80s horror films. 
which is great. But I really wanted to go back a little bit further and do some 70s vibe. One of the things that I really love about 70s movies is the uh, the marketing. I feel like was very specific to the time. I feel like there's something specific about 70s horror movie marketing that kind of ended at the end of the 70s. And you didn't really have, maybe you had a little bit in the 80s, but not so much now. You really never see where the movie is kind of pitched as like a taunt or like a challenge. If you watch like the, the original trailer for Shivers or even the poster, it's all about like, you think you're not afraid of the dark. <laughs> you think you have a strong stomach. You think you've seen it all. <laughs> but you haven't seen shivers and then it's like terror is only the beginning That's... you know they they make it seem like you know terror is only the beginning uh, that was scary what's the ending to be you know? it's a happy ending it's, it's like hey this, this, it's it's like the movie could hurt you you know they're yeah. they're challenging you you might not be able to handle this movie that was done a lot in the 70s and I, that just gets me in the mood i love this movie are you wrapping me up are you wrapping me up oh Wow, I didn't even I give didn't... you the plot. Did I list down through all the characters and actors nobody cares about, Kevin? Nope, I didn't. I love this movie. I'm interested to hear what everybody thought about Shiverous Cat. You must have loved this one. <laughs> no. Maybe I could have saved I, I could have saved the marketing thing for later. Go ahead. Um, I wouldn't say that I loved this film. I wouldn't say that it was my favorite Cronenberg no, flick. I wouldn't. Um I would even say that it could be my least favorite wow. Cronenberg movie, which isn't to say that I didn't like it or that it was not interesting. It just maybe wasn't what I was really looking for um, in a film this week. I did enjoy the little phallic wormy guys. Uh, those were fun for sure. They were icky and they were frightening and they made me feel gross. Um, so I thought they were kind of cool. Uh, it's it's just the fact that they turned everything into weird, violent, murderous sex maniacs that just made it a little a, a little too weird, I think, for me this week. You know, you start off with this old guy just straight up strangling what I thought was supposed to be like a 12-year-old. Um, Thank you. Apparently, she was nineteen. Well, according to the film, she yeah. was nineteen. But upon first watching, I, I, was I like, had twelve. I had twelve. Yeah. I was like, "What is this child?" Well, when he, yeah, that sure. Go ahead. That's part Sorry. of. We'll get to that. Sure, I'm sure it's part of it. Yeah. The haircut. When when he met her, she was twelve. Oh no. Okay. Well, that's great. Just throw I knew that you'd in like there. that little. Thanks. Thank you so much. I uh, and then after a while, you find out that these weird experiments happened. To, that would take place of an organ, a.k.a. the same film that we're going to watch later in the episode, just like a lot of similar things. Um, but I wanted more body horror, right? Is that so much to ask from a Cronenberg film? The daddy of body horror? We didn't get, like, anything. We got, like, the, the wiggly abdomens, which I liked. We got the guy talking to the wiggly abdomen, and that seemed sexual and, and weird, but thus was the rest of the film. So it kind of made sense. Um, but there were just some things to be desired. Like there was some, you know, the, the there was some blood, like the bloody latch onto the face. But then instead of gore, we got weird children <laughs> running around trying to bang 
um, a literal child, like or in the children elevator. Children being banged. Children being banged. The weird daughter. He's like, "This is my daughter, Erica. Have you met Erica? She's my daughter, Erica. It's my daughter, Erica." Like he says her name like twelve times. Not as creepy as like the actual like, you know, child thing. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say that the plot was my favorite. And then also, I didn't really get like any gross ooze going on. So not my, you know, just not my favorite Cronenberg. But who am I to judge? This is Cronenberg's, um, he made me so bored of boobs <laughs> Wow! in both of the movies that we're talking about that I'm like, oh, wow. More boobs? Yeah. What's the, um, what's the movie I'm thinking about in the 90s? Um, With boobs? Yep. That made <laughs> me bored of boobs. Do we have time? <laughs> Porkies? <laughs> no. I was no, angry. it was the, um, um. Oh God! I'll think of it. Girls later. Gone Wild. Either way, showgirls. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Dave. <laughs> was thank it you, really? Dave, for the win. That's the only movie with boobs in the nineties. <laughs> showgirls. Get, you do get sick. No, that made you like super bored, like of them. Um, this is like Demons Two, Cronenberg style. So it like, is. I thought it was similar. They're to Demons just too. like yeah. we just talked about demons uh, and demons too, and this is just demons too. Like they're trapped in a building and shit's going down. I thought this was like very very clunky Cronenberg. What I will say is watching it as somebody that has seen Cronenberg's entire catalog, uh, it, it makes you appreciate Shivers more. If I had seen Shivers without seeing what Cronenberg would go on to do, I would I would be way more harsh. Um, but knowing what Cronenberg would go on to do, this is like a checkbox of what he was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a movie that he had funded by, like, it's a Canadian movie. It was funded by, like, the Canadian Public uh, Film Commission. And they would go on to, uh, you know, do his next movie that we're going to talk about. Uh, they were not happy about. But you know what? He made a, a ton of money from these movies, which is amazing to me. And he still had opposition from the people financing it. They were like, well, we don't like your content. But you know what? All of Cronenberg's movies, if you look at them, um, at least his body horror movies, are very uh, rooted in the fact that, hey, we're all fucked. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Um, nobody is working for us. And well, like the whole like thing that he's saying in the beginning when he's like, come to Starlight Apartments. is Cronenberg is literally railing against capitalism and what, what the people that are supposed to be working for us are working for. And they're failing us at that. It's Starliner. Apartments. Yeah, Starliner. Whatever. No, you said Starlight. Starliner. Two duds so far. Two pans. Dave, help me out. Well, <laughs> I'm not panning uh, the movie. You're not. That wasn't a pan. No. Oh. Um, I I love this movie. I like how uh, it's just true to 70s form. Uh, I love how it starts with a Starliner uh, ad, and then from there it just continues with all the drab colors and bleak uh you know film uh i love how everything is like delivered after that ad in this like unnerving deadpan so then when you have like all the like the scientific exposition that's laid out by dr linsky 
Uh, he's this uh, like Jewish doctor chewing on a pickle, and <laughs> and he's just like really animated compared to everything else that's so clinical around it. Uh, everyone's a doctor, so everyone's like talking uh, just in like facts and and. There's not really that much. You don't get to know the characters that well. That would be my only criticism is there's not a lot of character development. But I love Shivers. I would like it more if it was uh, Orgy of the Parasites. But um, yes, I thought that because of like the drabness, like when people did freak out, when you had the little snail trail guys going around, <laughs> the, it, it contrasted very well with the, with the acting and like all the colors and everything. I like this one better than the other one because I feel like this one is a little bit more transgressive for the time. It had like a sexual angle. There was all the, you know, the the gay stuff. There was all the uh, uh, pedo, incestuous stuff, pedo pedo stuff. And it was like uh, that stuff, just doing it in the 70s as a filmmaker, uh, making horror, it's like kind of pushing the limits. And I like that, especially in the 70s uh, because we went from. You know, like everything was elevated to me in the 70s, like every horror movie that came out for some reason because of the pacing. Uh, they don't do, they don't just like drop everything right off the bat, but it's like the third or fourth act where everything starts going crazy. But yeah, I thought this was great. I liked it. I liked it more than the other one. Um, I didn't like it as much as The Brood. I thought you mm. said you liked the other one better. No, I like this one better. This one better than Rabbit. Yeah, because of like the STD thing, like with like it's almost like it follows. Mm. There was like a thing yeah, where it was yeah, like yeah. transmitted by STD. I thought that was also, you know, a kind of a progressive thing this, for this time. Th- this, this one was definitely more, I think, inspirational to future films mm-hmm. than uh, than Rabbit was. Right, the sexy uh, as stuff, like more of like a ripoff. Yeah, I feel like it was like Slither meets. It follows with like the little slugs, but oh right, right, right more right. pedophilia and yeah, very slithered. I thought the parasites in this—they looked like little hanger steaks or little little um, blade steaks, boneless chicken tenders, little, <laughs> little penises. <laughs> they looked like if, if you saw a little boneless chicken tender on the ground, it was moving with <laughs> uh, someone was pulling it with a string. <laughs> the one in the bathtub. That's uh, what they look like. Classic bathtub scene where the it's parasite. It's a classic bathtub yeah. scene. What I will say about Shivers is that it did give us a bunch of references that would come back in legendary horror films. Have, did you get into Cronenberg? Has like a vendetta that Alien stole yes. stole this idea? Yes. What? He, he, he what has, did they he, steal? He at every opportunity, from what I've read and seen, I saw actual an interview where he does it. At every opportunity, Cronenberg mentions how. Alien stole his idea of the parasite that lives in your abdomen and bursts out and attacks people. What? I'm sorry. Can we revisit the timeline? When did this movie come out? This is 75. Okay, so and Alien, Alien was 77 or 78. 78, I think. Yeah. Can we talk about um, who produced this movie? Ivan Reitman. Hey. Oh Woo! my god! And he <laughs> did the, the next gonna one. We're going to talk about as well. When the credits were coming up. I was like, music supervisor, Ivan Reitman. I was like, what? Yeah. And basically, it was just because he only found public domain needle yes. drop yeah. music. Yeah, if you, if you know 80s horror, Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters for one, Meatballs, Stripes, 
Twins, Kindergarten Cop, produced Animal House, um, The Canadian Connection. This, this was before Ivan Reitman, as, as we know him. This movie was made for less than $200,000. It was financed by uh, the Canadian Film Development Corporation. It was a big controversy at the time. It's funny, this is a movie that, to watch it now, especially after something like Slither, which I, I would you know say is a, is a descendant, to watch it now, it's like, it's not shocking to your eyes, even as much as like, there's, it's all about the sexual madness and these murders and there's pedophilia and there's incest and there's all kinds of stuff going on. But at the time, it was a huge controversy in Canada. They were talking about it in Parliament. David Cronenberg got kicked out of his apartment. Did you read that story? <laughs> yeah. That's a true. In I Tor- verified in Toronto. that. He got, he got kicked out of his apartment in Toronto. He, yeah. With, with his child. He was married. He was 33 years old, married with a small child. And his landlady read the one of the articles about it, knew about the controversy, kicked him out. And then they sent a uh, an inspector over from the city to make sure he wasn't doing commercial filming in a residential zone. Like they harassed him about this. It was so controversial at the time. But it made a million dollars, more than a million. I think maybe up to five million I, I saw cited. It was one of the most profitable Canadian movies ever the made. The most of that year. At the time, yeah, which is wild to think about. And then they had to fund the next movie that we're going to talk and, about. And that, yeah, and like, I did- It forced yeah. them into doing that. I did see Cronenberg claim in an interview that he made $13,000 off this. So I don't know that he necessarily he benefited paid, that much. He paid some people. Yeah. Um, I will say, up into a certain point in the film, I was like, okay- these are just like ravenous, sex-fueled maniacs that have no, you know, concept of things, and they're just trying to bang and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then you see two people on a dog leash. Two like, kids. Two little kids on a dog leash. Are those children? Those are children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Reminded me of Solo. God. At that moment, I didn't even know it was children. So that's wonderful. At that moment, I was like, okay, so it's not just people just like banging in an orgy heap. Like these people have thoughts and they're putting things into certain spots and yada, 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 yada. And so from that moment on, I was like, what direction are we going in in this film? So we're not just like a ravenous orgy heap or what's the name of the film? Orgy of the Blood Parasites. We're not just an orgy of the Blood (laughs) Parasites. better. We have actual thoughts and we're making children into dogs and putting them on leashes and they're barking and now- They were barking. (sighs) So fucking much. It was just fucking weird. It was calculated. It was weird. Was this Cronenberg's first movie? His first feature, yes. It was first two hour. Yeah, he did two one hour features before this, but this was the first like full length. And this is what he chose. This is what he decided would really make his mark on- well, the it world, did. yes, yeah, successfully, yeah, it did, yeah, okay. Well, just to just to quickly explain, I won't belabor it, but the the story is that this Doctor Hobbs, he's doing these experiments. Ostensibly, he wants to create a parasite that will take the place of a human organ. So, if you have kidney disease or something, they put this parasite in you. The parasite eats the kidney and takes over the function of the kidney. All right, that that's like the idea. <laughs> but it turns out later that actually, what he wanted to do. Was he, he thought that man thinks too much, that humankind is, is too cerebral, and that humankind needs to be reduced back down to its basest urges, and he wants to, quote, turn the entire world into one big orgy. So he mm. sets loose. It's, he experimenting it's with this parasite. Yeah. Well, he doesn't mean to set it loose. He, he experiments with the parasite on this one woman who lives in the apartment building woman. that you see murdered in the beginning, and it turns Probably out, real. as it's put in the movie, 
she was quote unquote getting around the building. Not, this is not the most progressive take on some of these issues, but so at any rate, the the she's a slut. The parasite says spreading around the building, and everyone is turned into a wild, crazy sex maniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's nice. not to love? I know, I love so it. the next I'm thing you know, smiling. you have kids on dog collars barking. Oh, you have everybody's trying God. to kill each other and have mm-hmm. sex with each other and hump each other. Mm. I love how uh, th- there's this scene where there's two gay guys in like uh, speedos, mm. <laughs> and they're like yeah. running after a guy down the hallway. And I feel like it's it's like this stereotype of how of people's homophobia, like in the '80s, because they thought that all gay men were like menacing sex after fiends. them the sex fiends right but these guys actually were right. Uh, <laughs> right, right. that was one of my favorite sequences is when well, but, uh, that, but, but that was because of the parasite I know right but it was I th- yeah I think it was yeah, kind yeah, of a not a good not a good look I guess well I think I think day. it was more of a comment on you know a, a lot of marginalized pretty much almost any marginalized group one of the stereotypes whether you're talking about racial stereotypes sexual stereotypes is always like oh they're sex crazy you know, you can you can put that stamp on on a lot of um, of marginalized and, and minority groups, but that was one of my favorite sequences. Is when Doctor Luke is he's going around the building trying to find out, and he just keeps going by these scenes of sexual perversion. There's the guy that offers his daughter. There's the kids on the dog chains. Very hostile. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I the felt ele- hostile. The elevator scene is ah. is uh, heartbreaking. Brutal. I mean, it's not great. <laughs> no. But neither is this no. film. But um, oh, elevator going down. I mean, what what do we really think at the end of the day that Cronenberg was trying to get across with this movie? I think on one level, it's sort of a eat the rich thing, the the, the whole Starliner Apartments, the affluent, up and coming, um, expensive, high class kind of thing. I think that it's. I don't know, it's kind of asking what people's base urges really are if they're totally uninhibited. It's kind of like we talked about that movie, The Sadness, from this year, where that disease turns you into, like, you have no filter anymore. You know, you talked about, Dave, you talked about uh, masturbating and driving off a cliff. I didn't really take away any, um, what's the word? Um, social commentary yeah i didn't really think that this movie had a lot going on but i was just kind of focused on trying to figure out why well i love the ending that would be my my final take yes great ending on this one so uh, good i, I won't you did it again i won't spoil it if, if you haven't seen it but the ending is uh bleak you don't you don't get any kind of reassurance you don't get any warm hugs nothing is uh wrapped up and tidied up and and the main characters don't embrace it's uh, pretty. Oh, bleak. they embrace. Well, well, yeah, they embrace. Our... True. Oh, also... we have to. Yeah, I mean, we can't go this whole time if we're going to talk about the ending without saying this is very much like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Also similar. Yeah, similar ending and similar concept. That, that being scene. Taken over. That one of my favorite scenes is is toward the end when when uh, Doctor Luke is running when he's like trying to get away from the building and he goes up over the hill and he and and everywhere he looks they're coming toward him they're coming toward him almost right. um, very Night of the Living Dead I thought too where they're just coming from all directions now he's totally trapped and then he just gets pushed into the pool and then he gets snowballed by his former nurse with the parasite snowball ah, yeah. yeah there's that scene where they Was show this the throat Smith week. There's that scene where they where they they kiss. There's the yeah, yeah. Uh, the lesbian love scene where they they kiss and it shows the the throats move as the parasite. You told me I wasn't allowed to talk about snowballing anymore on the show. I never said. And, I did not say that. 
He would never. You uh, did. Yeah, I believe I have evidence of it. Uh, I said I don't know why we have to put everything in hardcore porn the terms. Flood, <laughs> the floodgates are open, dude. It was just a question. Let's keep those floodgates closed maybe a little bit. All right. Oh. Give <laughs> 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 some coughing into the. I feel good now. Ah. <laughs> Sick Christmas. Ah. God. Okay. My second pick this week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you. This is my Christmas pick. Hopefully, this will liven up the funeral. This week, <laughs> uh, I thought I, we liked dead things. I went out there and uh, brought us brought us home a Christmas movie. Talking about Rabid from mm. 1977, the direct follow up from David Cronenberg uh, after Shivers, written and directed. This one produced by John Dunning, who's done some interesting stuff. He was also connected to Reitman. He produced Meatballs and uh, some of this other stuff. They were all kind of the uh, the Canadian connection. Rabbit is on Prime for free right now. It's on Tubi free or VOD. This one stars Marilyn Chambers, who at the time was the biggest adult film star pretty much in the world, I would say, coming off of the legendary Behind the Green Door. I uh, hadn't uh, done any mainstream commercial stuff until Rabbit. This is the story of a woman named Rose who is in a motorcycle accident the movie starts right out I, I love the beginning of this movie it starts out with a motorcycle coming right out almost like a mad max thing she's uh disfigured she's burned she ends up under the motorcycle it blows up it just happens to uh, take place this accident does right near uh, a place called the keloid clinic which is uh a cutting edge so to speak plastic surgery retreat where dr keloid is uh He's uh, kind of perfecting some experimental techniques in plastic surgery. So Dr. Kelloy decides that he's going to try one of his radical experimental techniques and try to save Rose. He's going to try to reconstruct her abdomen with uh, this skin graft where he's, he's doing this thing where he's trying to make this skin that will sort of graft uh, onto wherever you put it and it will behave as though it were skin from that original location right mm. so that's what they do to rose um doesn't go well so you can imagine the surgery i don't know if it was a success or a failure but it's a failure for a lot of people because they start dying pretty quick <laughs> rose is uh stronger bigger better and badder than ever before i love this one um i've already heard a lot of takes on this it's the same as the last one whatever uh <laughs> Had a great time. I watched the remake, too, from 2019. Not so good. I would stay away from that, but I would highly recommend Rabid. I like this movie. I didn't love it. I think that I was, I was actually very surprised by Shivers, and I went into this thinking, well, he's evolved since the last time. I did kind of get the feeling a little bit like he did have success with Shivers, so he kind of tried to do the same kind of formula. It's not better or worse. It's almost... It has like a sequel vibe to it because yeah. stylistically it's just as bleak and drab and you have some of the same actors. I also watched Behind the Green Door. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and I, that got me into a whole rabbit hole of... Uh, rabbit hole? Yeah, grab it hole. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. 
Yeah, well, Marilyn Chambers was a porn star. And, right. And uh, she's considered to be like, you know... She's uh, still one of the... Success story. She's still one of the luminaries of adult film. Yeah, she was like... Uh, she used to have sex with John Holmes, who was very famous for What was he penis. in? He was in Marilyn Chambers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I liked Rabbit. Like again, I would say the same thing that I did about the other one. It was good to see the evolution of Cronenberg. Although I do feel like he was stuck in one place a little bit on this. But thus is the double feature. Uh, we, we talked about that when we talked about the Blob and Night of the Creeps. We kept getting them mixed up because they're both movies with certain tropes in in certain environments, and they both, you know, Cronenberg always has like a medical angle to a lot of his movies I, I can't think of any that don't have like a scientific or medical relation so kevin i see that again you're with the finger twirling was about he, no i don't think he was rap. i think he was picking his nose no he was wrapping me up okay kevin go ahead I thought Rabbit was cool. I don't know. I liked oh, it better. Like better. I liked it better than the last hey, one. Hey, okay. All right. I watched this one first. Maybe that's what I I went the opposite where it's like I didn't watch it in chronological order. But I don't know. I'm always a big fan of of a lady just like going around and sucking blood and murdering people. I thought that the story was interesting in that it wasn't like creating a bunch of other like hot cool vampires it was just creating a bunch of weird like zombie foamy things that were kind of just infecting other ones without being like hot and cool and not just like dying or going into a coma i do want to talk about the weird armpit pokey thing yeah um a little bit and it's weird vagina slash mostly butthole looking orifice orifice yeah (laughs) I thought Container. That another title for this could have been the armpit monster. Yeah, the pit monster. Yeah. yeah. That part, I think that was the most body horror moment for me of this film is watching like the close up scene when Dr. Keloid's like examining her after she's already escaped and like murdered people and then she's back and he's just like <sighs> looking real deep into that thing like the eye of Sauron. He's just like. It's a Lord of the Rings reference. But anyway, I think what I liked the most about this film, I, one, I didn't know our girl Marilyn was a was of the adult film persuasion. I thought she was just like a really good actress, so that was cool. Um, good for her for making the leap. Um, but I really liked how her character seemed really fucking bummed to have to kill people. Yes. She, like, every time she, like, she tried to eat that cow... And then she couldn't, so she was like crying about that. And then she tried to eat a hamburger, another cow, but like a dead version. And then she threw up from that also. And then she was crying. She's like, man, I'm going to have to suck suck on this uh, truck driver. Um, so she was just <laughs> she was just really bummed, I feel like. And that, that was a nice kind of scene, you know, because we've all seen the sexy vampires that are like, I don't want to kill people. But this one kind of seemed real. So that was nice. Especially when she had to kill her poor little best friend. Spoiler alert. She was really bummed about that. But I think it just goes to show that maybe you shouldn't be that good of a friend to people and just let them leave your apartment maybe when they want to. Otherwise, they're going to suck you dry. Mm. I don't know. Again, like, 
a little lacking on like gore and stuff this one but I could I kind of saw through it because I liked the plot again a very bleak ending mm. like yeah. perhaps the most rigor mortisy bleakest ending brutal of, of all time and I was like huh okay and that was that and I think this is just a uh, you know maybe we just people on motorcycles aren't that cool maybe that's our takeaway hmm from this film also. No, I think they're still cool. God damn it. Well, so for some reason, the, the experimental skin graft plastic surgery, which Dr. Kelloid mentions something about it could turn carcinogen. I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's fantasy gobbledygook, but for some reason, the surgery, what, what happens is that it creates a uh, uh, an orifice and a stinger under Rose's left armpit. She. Yeah there's this orifice appears under her arm and there's a stinger that shoots out and it sucks blood. Mm -hmm. So she is ostensibly in a coma in, at the Keloid Institute. But what happens is she keeps waking up from this coma and going and finding victims to generally kind of seduce them and make them think that there's going to be some sort of hanky panky. They're going to have a hug. Right. It's always a hug. They're always hugging and they're, they're embracing <laughs> and then bang, the stinger comes out from under her arm, sucks their blood and it really turns into a vampire movie where wow. she has to feed on this blood and she doesn't really, she's not fully aware of what's happening because then she goes back to her coma. So she's kind of like, she's a, a, a non-consensual vampire. She doesn't really realize what she's doing and she, when she starts to realize it, she's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Just think how different our lives would be if we had to seduce our food. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that I could, would really separate. The, uh... I would be well fed. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's a vampire movie without the vampire lore. There's no garlic and holy water and crosses. She has to consume human blood to live. She and tries she, cow's and, blood. Yeah. That doesn't work. And she doesn't mouth feed. She's a she pit feeds. She's a pit feeder. But everyone else is a yeah, mouth feeder. Gross. It's so gross. <laughs> but her victims, her victims don't turn into vampires. Her victims turn into either she kills them. If she doesn't kill them, they turn into just violent zombies. They yeah. don't actually then go on to feed on blood. They just go crazy and want to kill everyone. I, again, parasitic. Uh, yes. More than than vampiric. I thought there were a lot of. Um, strange coincidences in this movie being in the pandemic being the global pandemic now yeah. cards yeah th this movie turns into a, a, a much grander sort of scale than for all the similarities with shivers Th this turns into like her infection becomes widespread pretty quickly and montreal ends up being under martial law and there's like tanks in the streets and they issue these vaccine ID cards. They develop a vaccine real quick. We've seen this movie before mm. and everybody has to suddenly carry these vaccine cards around with them. And if you don't have a card, you get um, pushed aside. And if you're already infected, they decide to shoot to kill. So it becomes almost like a um, almost like the crazies or something like that. What was the one we watched mid-pandemic that was basically the pandemic contagion contagion probably yeah. contagion yeah. yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like um vampire meets contagion mm. meets night of the living dead again i had always thought that this was cronenberg's zombie movie that's kind of what i had read about it yeah but i'd never seen it i'd never seen either one of these movies this is the first time i don't know if they would have they impacted me because i knew all of his work and i was psyched to dig in but um i i liked how the people looked when they like turn in this one, they get like pretty 
scary looking yeah, the, imagery yeah. against like the the window of the yeah, when like Doc, there and, Dr. Kelloid and himself doctor, ends yeah. up uh, as... I love the scene where he turns mid-surgery. Oh. He's, he's like operating on someone and he's starting to... He's been attacked by uh, Rose at this point. Mm -hmm. So he's like mid-turning and he's in the middle of surgery and he just starts like getting really woozy and then he just grabs a nurse at the at the operating table and cuts her finger off with, oh. a, with the surgical scissors and starts sucking on the oh, finger. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. Like, I'd say that was like the most... Besides like the weird... Um, anal crevice in the armpit i'd say that was the most body horror-esque so i can't remember if it's in this movie or the last one we talked about but there was a really funny scene of a man running down like an alleyway or something and the scene itself is not funny but it's the adr that's in the background and it literally you know men in the 70s wore like a heeled shoe you know, they made some noise when they ran around, sure. But the sounds that whoever was in charge of that made for this man running down this alleyway was just like, it sounded like um, a mix between like Monty Python and the Holy Grail with like the coconuts and then just like a tap dancer. And so it was just like kinda the like loudest. A horse, like a horse kind of yeah, clogs. Like, it was, yeah, it was like someone from Holland was doing a jig <laughs> down an alleyway. I thought and there was a lot of bad ADR. It just brought me back to the 70s or whatever. I was like, haha, oh yes, here we are. Um, but you, Trent, you were talking before about the difference between 70s and 80s horror. What would you say is the biggest distinguisher between the two? Um, I think 70s horror still was trying to be straight. And by the 80s, it was what? often kind of self-parody and self self-referential. And it was a little bit more more knowing also and, film versus digital and campier Those yeah campy, i feel like yeah. the 70s horror still was being played fairly uh fairly straight mm -hmm. that, i guess that would be my main differentiator and a lot of the stuff was was fresher and newer like we we talked about how she tries the cow's blood and she throws up and then later on she eats a hamburger when she's with a trucker yeah and she has to pull over and throw up i feel like we've seen that so many times now where the vampire or the blood liver like tries to do something else and it makes them sick. I feel like there are a ton of things that were done in the 70s that we just keep seeing again and again and it's great because it's part of the it's part of the tradition like folk or blues or something like that. But yeah. it, in this period, I feel like it's where it was all being like tried out and done for the first time. This was another big hit, made millions of dollars. This was a higher budget than um, Shivers. This was a $500,000 budget. Went on to make millions. This was again one of the most financially successful Canadian commercial films that had been made at the time. I love the story of casting Marilyn Chambers. Uh, originally, Cronenberg wanted a Sissy Spacek for this movie. Oh. And I guess it was, uh, she had the like thick Texas accent and she was a redhead and there were reasons they didn't think she was a good fit. But I, I saw an interview with Cronenberg where he was talking about having, he had been to, to Cannes Film Festival at this point and he was starting to understand that if you're making a low budget horror movie, a genre film, you needed some sort of anchor for people to be interested to try to market this to try to sell it to try to get distribution so you needed something and they didn't have enough money for a star necessarily and the ivan reitman had heard that marilyn chambers was trying to get into quote unquote legit filmmaking and i thought well that could make a splash we have the biggest adult film star in the world what if we could get her 
and that she actually read for the part and and Cronenberg thought she was great. But there's an interview where he kind of laughs and he said that he thought it was funny that she considered Rabid to be legit filmmaking. <laughs> that this would be her ticket to something real. This is it. Right. What did she did she do stuff after this? No, no, this was pretty much it. That was it. Yeah. She... See, she seemed so familiar to me, but yeah. Mm, well, I, d- <laughs> I don't know how many. Me too. Seventies. I was like Marilyn Chambers. I know that name. Mm. I was like, hmm. And I looked up her IMDb. I'm like, no, no, no. And then there was a bunch that were like blocked out. You couldn't. They didn't have any image for it. You're like, hmm. And I was like, oh wait, oh she's in that. <laughs> Oh, insatiable. She did get into uh, music at one point, and she had a, uh, a, a, like, I guess a semi-hit single, which is played at one point during the movie. One of the songs in the background is actually her song. Good for her. She's a triple threat. I'm surprised nobody uh, caught that this is a Christmas movie. You have the gunning down and murder of a mall Santa. Oh, yes. And he's in the middle of business. He's not just, (laughs) yeah, he's seeing kids. And uh, and then they gun him down. As soon as that came up, I was like, "They're gonna try to pawn this movie off as the Christmas they, movie of the they. month." I'm, I'm, I'm pawning. It I off. know yeah. who that they was. <laughs> it was Trent. I'm pawning it off as the Christmas movie. Well, Another incredibly bleak ending. Love the ending to this is brutal. As you, it's mentioned. like an incredible melting man. Just, yeah, you know what? <laughs> when I die, just throw me in the trash. <laughs> you just get scooped up, put in the trash truck. I love that the credits start rolling before the the, the trash compact or even you know it just kicks into I, gear and yeah. then just the credits come up and that's where it leaves you. Just yeah. You no, know, I also like talking about credits. I like the intro credits that they're over. Oh wait, that's the last one. Oh. oh, oh! This is what happened if you uh, if you had heard the Blob and Night of the Creeps episode. This is what kept happening. There was a lot of uh, confusing right. the movie. Yes, yeah. So I'm just trying to continue that spirit. You're trying to keep yeah. it alive yeah. because it's dead. Best I can. <laughs> well, don't listen to these guys. These are both great ones. Uh, they're not that similar. They're a little similar. They're horror movies, and there's uh, you know maniacs running around, things like that. Next week, we're checking out a movie from this year called Smile, which is on Paramount right now, also on Epics or VOD. Also checking out a movie from 2016 called Lights Out. That is on Hulu or VOD.